North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. You've tuned into the Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to the Dr. Lowe Show. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Dr. Low Radio. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, and I am so excited to have you back with me for another amazing episode. And if you are new to the show, so great to have you. Thank you so much for joining us wherever you heard about us all over the world. And if you've been listening to the show, giving you a big old hug, welcome back. Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And giving you guys just some Thanksgiving love right now. I hope you are able to spend it with those you love. And hey, if you don't have anyone in your area, reach out to somebody. Go out to a soup kitchen. Get connected. Don't don't spend this holiday by yourself. Because there are people who need your love. And nothing feels better than giving. So spread the love, y'all. That's my encouragement to you is get your butt to a soup kitchen, volunteer, and let's make this Thanksgiving especially loving. And no matter what is going on, no matter what, even in the most dire of circumstances, we always, always have something to be grateful for. I feel like I need a congregation behind me singing, amen, because it is the truth. Always, always, always something to be grateful for. All right, before we jump into the show, I just wanted to give some love to our amazing new show sponsor, Organifi. Organifi is my favorite green drink on the market. It actually tastes really good. It doesn't taste like lawnmower clippings, like a lot of green, green drinks do. And what I'm really loving right now about Organifi is these little Organifi Go Packs. There's these little packets. You could just throw them in your purse. I just took a trip um, a couple weeks ago. I went to Florida. I went to New York. And it's just hard to travel and eat well. It's just the reality of it. You have less options with you. So having this on the go is just really nice. So I just found myself having a green drink every single day. And it really kept me feeling good while I was on the road. The other thing about travel that's big is that planes actually are cleaned with pesticides. That's something people really don't know. And when you're on these planes, you're getting exposure to radiation. So anything you can do to help combat the effects of environmental toxins is going to be your friend. So that's why I really love doing this on the road. It has turmeric in it, which is anti-inflammatory. It also has ashwagandha, which is a very potent herb from Ayurvedic medicine that, and actually connecting to our topic today, talking about yoga coming from India, but ashwagandha really helps your body become more resilient to stress. And hello, especially around the holidays, that's exactly what we need. So highly recommend Organifi. You can get that over at Organifi.com. And only for my listeners, you can get 20% off your order off the retail price if you enter Dr. Lowe at checkout. So Organifi, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com and enter Dr. Lowe, D-R-L-O at checkout and you're getting hooked up. You're welcome. All right, let's jump into the show. All right, we have our guest on the show, Nicole Kimka on the show. Nicole is... A friend of mine who is local here in the Southern California area, and um, really excited to have her on. She helps to run um, a really amazing yoga studio in the area, and she is just a master when it comes to all things yoga. So I knew I had to have her on the show. So let me go ahead and read you her bio. Nicole Kemka discovered Hatha Yoga in 2000 when she walked into Tony Sanchez. San Francisco yoga studio on her way home from work. And she practiced with, with Sanchez until about 2003 when she located, relocated to San Diego down in our neck of the woods. Since then, she has explored many different yoga styles of, of yoga, including vinyasa and Iyengar yoga, 
Um, Nicole completed her 200-hour teacher training from Yoga 6, that's the local studio here in 2013, um, kids yoga teacher training certification, um, certification from Next Generation Yoga in 2014, and also Trigger Point Foam Rolling Certification in 2016. Um, she is an ERYT 200 with Yoga Alliance, and her mission is to help others learn how to live well in their bodies so they can live well in their lives. I love that mission. Nicole, thank you so much for joining me, and welcome to Dr. Lowe Show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's so great to have you. I know we have worked hard for this interview. We, we had to reschedule <laughs> a few times and we made it work. So I know it's going to be only that much better. So for, for my listeners, I'd love to hear a little bit of your own little personal story. What brought you to yoga? Um, sure. Something that you were interested in? What, did you have some of your own health issues in particular? So what brought you to this world of yoga? Yeah, well, I, I always laugh when I tell people my story of how I discovered it because I was really in my early 20s um, when, and right out of college, I, my background was in dance and I loved fitness. Um, you'd regularly see me like at that time in step classes and in kickboxing, um, you know, just very, very active in that realm of fitness. And, but what was funny is one of my favorite singers, who's Madonna, was really getting into yoga at this time. And um, it seemed to spark something in the San Francisco community that all these people were starting to try it out. You know, it's like, oh, what is this thing Madonna is doing? You know, um, yoga was such a curious thing. Everybody still thought it was something from like the 70s, all these people wearing, you know, unitards. Um, <laughs> so it just seemed a very interesting concept to me to try now that it's kind of being brought into the more popular limelight. And um, I did, I walked by, on my way home from work, every single day I worked in the corporate world um, as a project manager for an e-commerce company. And every single day coming home on the bus, I kept walking by this studio where the windows were steamed up and everybody coming out was dripping in sweat, but with these huge <laughs> smiles on their face. And I'm like, right. how could that be good? And I kept thinking, well, maybe it's like a sauna. I'm not really sure. And it had no name. It just said across the front yoga studio. That's it. There was no branding name. There was no, you know, hype around it. <laughs> Um, and so I said, okay, you know, I'm going to have to try this out. Donna can do this. I can do this. So I tried my first class and, um, it was in this tiny little room with this tiny little man and, um, <laughs> and a lot of people and exactly what I thought, like dripping in sweat. But when I walked out of that place, I'd never felt so refreshed, mm. even though I felt like I'd been just put through the ringer. I, everything, my pores felt clean. My system felt clean. My mind felt clear. Um, like I had just basically taken an hour massage in a steam room or something. It was, it was an incredible feeling and I was instantly hooked, mm. instantly hooked. And so, um, I dabbled in this world of hot yoga for, um, the three years that I was in the neighborhood and, um, found my body transformed. And when I came home, I remember for a holiday break, um, to see my family and my mom instantly said, you look so different. Like everything was leaned out. My body was leaned out. My face my skin was clear. Um, I just simply looked brighter in her eyes. Um, she couldn't believe just the transformation that had happened in a few months that I had been practicing at that time. And um, she's like, what are you doing? And I told her I started yoga. I dropped my gym membership and started doing this instead. And she couldn't believe it. And her and my dad, who'd been such skeptics before, after seeing me like this, instantly started trying yoga as well. Um, and they fell in love with it too. And it was just one of these things where it kept their bodies mobile even as they were aging. Um, and even to this day, my dad, who's 73, still practices yoga um, on a regular basis. Even so cute. while he's recovering. Yeah, he's recovering from a shoulder injury, but it's still like movement just for him is so important just to keep the body, you know, flexible. Mm -hmm. So both of them became huge believers. Um, and so... I found myself, you know, still in the corporate world for a long time, even when I moved back down here to San Diego. Um, I just searched for studios that was like, well, let's try something else. I had never done a vinyasa class. I'd never tried Iyengar. I'd never tried Ashtanga. I'd only been in this hot yoga world thinking this was the only thing it was. And right. I stumbled across a small studio in um, a neighborhood here in San Diego, and it was my first introduction to vinyasa. And I fell in love with it instantly because it's like a dance. Mm -hmm. um, and with my dancing background, this connection of posture to posture flowing with your breath was so hypnotic to me um, that it really became that moving meditation that your body, you know, falls in love with as a dancer. 
And um, I played with that for a while. I had stumbled, when I moved again here in San Diego, I stumbled across this Iyengar studio, um, which is, it was a B, uh, BKS Iyengar, who is a guru out of India, who brought, you know, westernized yoga over to our area. And he has a studio in Encinitas. And so I practiced there for a little while, and it taught me the value of using props. So the value of a yoga mat, the why we use yoga blocks, um, straps, even hanging from a wall or even using chairs to help increase and help alignment and change your posture so you can feel it in your body more. Um, and that's when I fell in love with the idea of props. Um, I know a lot of people who aren't starting their practice, you know, think that props are for people who either can't reach their toes or, you know, are, aren't that good in yoga when actually props are there to enhance and support your practice even more. Mm -hmm. So that practice made me fall in love with how you can support the body, regardless of where you are on your practice. Mm -hmm. um, and so I melded all this together. And then at one point in 2012 is when I um, actually made the transition out of the corporate world and finally took the leap into teaching. Mm -hmm. And um, I had originally thought that I was just going to, you know, do my yoga teacher training to enhance my knowledge of yoga, to really learn about the benefits of the postures, to learn the history, to dive deeper into the spirituality of it. And I really didn't think I was a teacher. Like, that's not something I feel comfortable with being in front of a big group of people. I never felt comfortable speaking in front of, you know, business meetings. And once I stepped into that spot of being a teacher, I, again, it was like, a whole new opening for me. Mm -hmm. It challenged me in different ways that I never expected it would challenge me. Um, same thing as what yoga does. It challenges my body, my physical body into different postures and variations. I really, you know, never thought my body could do, whereas teaching does the same thing, but for my mind instead. Um, and all the stuff I've learned over the past 16 years, I'm now applying to these students who I work with. Um, and it's truly transformational just to see what's happening in their bodies as well as what's happening into my own practice as a teacher. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I've got a young daughter. She's 11 years old. Um, so I fell in love with the idea of what yoga could do for little kids. Um, you know, my daughter does have um, a minor learning disorder. She's got an auditory um, processing disorder and she gets really stressed out because it's challenging for her to stay focused in the classroom and I've worked with her on just breathing techniques to help calm her anxiety and I realized like this is something kids need in school this is something kids need just in general in their life because they are so um, overworked and they're put into really stressful situations um, and some of them just don't have the ability to cope through um, what's going on in their lives and this overscheduling that we're doing for our kids. And I'm a mom. I'm guilty of doing exactly that. You know, I've got a daughter who's a competitive dancer. And um, kids really need this practice. And it is amazing. I almost wish, you know, to look back in my life that I'd had these tools as well mm -hmm. um, to help just get me through testing, to help get me through, you know, high school problems, to help get me through college. Um, what a, you know, what a gift to give them at such a young age. Oh my gosh, completely. If they had yoga available for kids, could you imagine just oh. how that could be for, for kids? Yeah. Oh, it Incredible. transforms what's happening to them. In fact, there was recently an article um, that came out and a school in, um, I want to say it's in Detroit, has implemented meditation and yoga for detention Whoa. instead of having kids just sitting in a classroom doing what? Nothing um, and punished for whatever it is that they're doing and they're just sitting there completely unproductive. Right. Instead, they've implemented um, meditation and yoga into these detentions to teach them skills in a goal and hopes that they will no longer come, you know, that they will break through those, whatever it is that they're doing to put them in detention. And now mm -hmm. they've got these different tools to help them. So, wow. you know, what a gift for kids to have. No kidding. No kidding. Well, it's such an amazing story of just, wow, what's this thing? And just stumbling upon it and doing it. And now fast forward, you are now running the place and now doing classes and teaching people. And now you're on the air reaching thousands of people. I mean, it's, it's an amazing story of, of just this transformation. So I would love to dive into a little bit more about yoga specifically. I think that as as an outsider, someone looking at yoga, it can be kind of intimidating. And, and like you said, you can make up all these assumptions about what yoga is and how it's this woo-woo thing that the, you, know, you have to be from the 70s and you probably have body odor and you smell like a hippie. And <laughs> so yeah. give, us, give us a little history. Like where did yoga come from? A little bit of the background. 
Sure. So um, yoga was developed over 5,000 years ago um, in northern India. Um, it was developed by Indus um, Sarasvati civilization that lives in India, so a very small civilization. And um, really what it was created was to help create an ability for the body to sit in stillness and meditate. Um, and so the first mentions that you would find um, of yoga were in some sacred texts that that have been discovered called the Rig Veda. Um, and it's texts that have songs and mantras, different rituals um, that these priests had put together so that people can then meditate. And at that point in time, it was the idea of how do you get out of your body and have an enlightenment, you know, reduce the suffering that you're, that you're going through in this lifetime. Mm. Um, but then yoga started to get a little more refined and developed by the different um, priests and the mystics and the seers that they have in, in India um, that are called Brahmins and Rishis. And they documented these practices in a, or a book of texts called the Upanishads. Um, and this is a text containing over 200 scriptures. Um, it's a very large amount of documentation um, that they went through. Mm -hmm. uh, again, containing the songs and the mantras and the movements within the body. So fast forward a little bit more and drawing this into a little bit more modern time, um, we now have these 200 scriptures that were developed into what's called the Bhagavad Gita, um, which is yogic scriptures, which is what we have a little bit more connection to nowadays that a lot of yogis do read through, especially when they're going through yoga teacher training. Mm -hmm. um, and it's looked at the idea as a ritual of sacrifice um, for the body and how we can transform our mental ego through self-knowledge and bring it into more action and wisdom. Right, because what happens in the body, and you hear a lot about ego, especially nowadays, like how the ego can um, actually hinder you, right? We think of ego as people who have this grandiose ideas of who they are, what's going on in their lives, and how everything is focused on them. But how can you break through that and allow your mind to then just be here with reality, here with your actual self, um, and then find the wisdom through that? And so the Bhagavad Gita gave us those. Um, those tools to start working on that practice. Mm -hmm. So then um, it started to transform into two separate lineages of yoga. Um, the more classical period, which then focused on what's um, Pantajali's, who is a yoga guru, his writing, the yoga sutras. And um, this is when you start seeing the first presentation of yoga, what we think of yoga today here in the Western world, which is asana or movement and um, the different patterns within the body. And uh, this was written in the second century. It describes the path of yoga and this organized practice um, of what's called, what Pantajali, Pantajali called the eight limb path. Um, and it's these different steps, again, like how we can move within these steps of life towards an enlightenment, right, to get past the ego and into this place of wisdom and um, release from what we would consider the, you know, the structure and the challenges of life. Mm -hmm. um, and he really became the father of yoga. So uh, this is Again, the documents or the histories that we study, this eight limb path, his yoga sutras. Um, and it really influenced then what we consider the modern yoga, what we have here in um, the Western world, and that is practiced much more regularly around. Um, so from Pantanjali, his um, practice then moved into what was called Tantra yoga, which is what I practice in. So you've got the classical yoga still, that idea that you want to get past your ego into an enlightenment. And then the Tantra yoga, which is now the idea of like, how do you cleanse your body to get to the mind? How do you, how do you um, remove all these knots within your system and your physical existence so that you can then um, enjoy what's happening in your life as opposed to finding that life is this burden? It's how do you get past all this to to live your life, right, in a whole well-being. Um, and this is where you now see, start seeing, again, this westernized yoga and all the different lineages that come out of it. So Hatha yoga is um, 
the first level of the Tantra yoga practice. And it's the one that you find most common um, in hot yoga classes mm-hmm. um, that, you, that I experienced when I first started my practice. Um, and it really is this set series of postures, um, very focused on alignment, um, focused on how to refine and move the body so that you are breaking out of your he- your habits, right? So your habitual constant movements. Because what happens in, li- in your body, you start to get injuries throughout the rest of your life. You know, you sprain your ankle, you twist your wrist, you do something that happens, and now you've got habits in how your body moves. Right. Um, so Hatha Yoga starts to help break down those habits. Um, teaches you how to create an alignment within the body so that you're not just kind of plopping down into a posture or plopping down into how you're standing, but to really feel and see where those micro um, adjustments are within the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, you know, yoga then came to the West. It arrived here in about 1893. Um, there was a parliament of religion in Chicago and a lecture um, was given on yoga. And um, it was one of these things where it was like, wow, this is something that could be, it's yes, it, it is spiritual. There is definitely spiritual part of it, but it's not a religion. Um, And so it became, I think that's where a lot of the controversy comes in because a lot of people think yoga is a religion. We had, um, and Encinitas, when they implemented yoga into the, into the education there, into the fitness program for the elementary school children, there was a big uprising thinking that, you know, parents were concerned that this religion was being brought in. <laughs> but it really isn't a religion, right? It is, it's about movement of the body and it's about cleansing of the mind. And it's, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot more to it. But this is, you know, back in 1893 is when it was really brought over. Um, and so I think that's where the stigma began. Mm. Um, but as it started moving to the West, um, Krishnamayachara opened the first Hatha yoga studio um, in Mysore, India, in 1924. And he, out of that studio um, or that school, developed three students who would then bring everything over to the West. So you've got BKS Iyengar, who I mentioned earlier, um, the studio I practiced with. Um, you've got Deshikar, who um, I've actually never practiced in that lineage. And I'm not sure if we've got uh, a studio here in San Diego that really focuses on that. But the other one that's very well known is Patabi Joyce. We actually have a, um, a Patabi Joyce studio here in San Diego as well. Hmm. Okay. Um, so that's where the, these are the teachers that really brought it over. And the interesting thing is where we live here in San Diego and Southern California, um, Encinitas, our neighborhood, really became this hub, this home yeah. of yoga culture in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, where I always laugh and I say, I can throw a quarter down the street and hit a yoga studio, you know, totally. it's like, there's more <laughs> yoga studios than Starbucks in Encinitas. Yeah. Um, and it really, it is very much this, this, um, Mecca of yoga practice here in the United States. Yeah. Um, love. yeah. So, I mean, it really is amazing. So from those, um, studios is when it really just kind of exploded here in, mm-hmm. um, the United States. And of course in 1947, when Indra Devi opened her yoga studio in Hollywood, then you started to get the real takeoff, right, um, right. where yoga became a little bit more of the mainstream. Of course, it still had that idea that it was, you know, people who are hippies or people who were definitely a little bit out of the norm because religion was still attributed to it, um, that it wasn't quite accepted until now, definitely much more into these modern times mm-hmm. um, where yoga has become, you know, fashionable for the celebrities. And then of course it trickled down into, you know, regular society. And now it's just in every home as well as in our tourist schools. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's got a lot of years behind it. It's got a lot of iterations and variations and lineages um, that everybody can kind of wander off into, mm-hmm. um, depending on what you're looking for in your life. But the bottom line really, especially for westernized yoga, is how do you get past the clutter in the mind, the ego of the mind, and just get into your daily life, right? Mm-hmm. Into your physical form in your body. Again, it's the idea of releasing all the chatter in the brain again that's the ego the chatter in the brain um so that you can just be present so that you can actually feel the nuances in your body you can feel again where you can feel the alignment happening 
um, you know, so you can get back to that kind of ground zero of who you are mm -hmm. as a physical human being. It's so cool hearing the history. I, I've never heard the history of yoga before, so it's fascinating to hear how, how old it is and that it's mm. been in the U.S. since the late 1800s. It's really, really fascinating, just the different um, uh, forms of yoga and it's really cool. And, I, and, I, and I'll give my own personal experience with yoga for probably years and years. I hated it because <laughs> I probably really needed it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was true. like, this isn't enough cardio or this isn't intense enough. And I, at the time I was just only into like sprints and, you know, interval training and maybe weights and stuff like that. But, but like you said, I had so much of the chatter going on between my ears and mm -hmm. just, I found that yoga was very, I, I was, I wasn't patient enough for it. I just was bored in the class and, you know, I would just mm -hmm. be looking around, looking at the, at the, the clock as soon as I got in there and started doing it. Right. So it's like, okay, if you feel like that, that means your butt needs to be in that yoga class. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's what you always find people who are, they are challenged. I, I talk to some people that say their excuses for not doing yoga is always like, well, I'm not patient enough. Right. Or I'm not flexible enough or I'm not, um, I'm not fit enough to do it. And I said, well, I don't, I didn't start yoga because I was patient, because I was flexible, and because I was fit. I started yoga because I wanted to become those things. Right. Right. And that's where I think, you know, people, again, it's making the excuses, but it really comes down to is none of us who practice yoga do it because we were those things. We wanted to become those things. Right. right. We wanted to adopt that into our lives. That's why you begin the practice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I also noticed too, that I was able, as I started doing yoga, I mean, I was, you know, I'm very lucky because where my clinic is located is in a center with the amazing yoga studio that you run. And that I just had this opportunity to, to take yoga that was like, okay, if you're ever going to do it, this is your opportunity. You have no other excuse. It's right here. <laughs> and especially as I'm starting my clinic, it's just, it's so crazy busy and I'm running around like a mad woman getting everything just dialed in with the business and I, I think I really needed it so I started doing more of the classes and in the beginning of course I hated it because I really, <laughs> need, I really needed it and I found as I did it I started to really fall in love with it and it took a lot of classes though like it took a while for me to really get confident with with the poses and understand you know and, and finally once I got the poses down then okay now I can really like focus on the breath more even though I probably should have started with focusing on the breath from the beginning but um and I started to really see how imbalanced my body was my right versus my left I noticed mm -hmm. my right hip was way tighter than my left hip and my right shoulder was tighter than my left and then just like you said you get these little injuries throughout your life and you start to um compensate in different ways to create more balance with your body so it just made me realize that I had injuries I hadn't really worked through. And so I started to align the different, you know, hemispheres in my body and it made such a massive difference in my posture. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not a sloucher anymore and I was a sloucher forever. So <laughs> good. yeah, let's talk about some of the, the, the actual benefits that we know of yoga. Um, what are some of the changes, you know, physiological changes? What is it actually doing to the body that has such benefit? Sure. I mean, the number one thing that most people do actually come to yoga for, for the benefit of it is building strength and flexibility and getting their balance back, right? Those are the number one things that in my studio um, that we find people come through our doors. It's yeah. their, their doctor told them that they need to start yoga, their friend or their daughter or mother started, told them about it, you know, like this will really help you. Um, or a coach will tell them this will complement your practice, you know, or complement whatever sport that you're doing. Um, another big reason is improved posture. Like you had mentioned, we are in a culture of hunched over people. We're hunched over our computers. We're hunched over our, um, our iPads, our cell phones. Um, we're hunched over our steering wheels. You know, you're finding this culture of people slouched over. And even for me, um, who's been practicing for years, but I was in software development for 13 and a half years, even still now when I go to, when I went to a chiropractor, he showed how just slightly I have a little bit of a curve in my cervical spine, you know, so we really want to encourage better posture and help develop that. Um, it helps reduce back pain. You know, when you start opening up through your shoulders, your hips, your knees, um, all those things, it's going to help reduce the back pain, bottom yeah. line. 
Um, it increases bone density. It prevents um, cartilage and joint breakdown. So because you are moving um, your muscles and you're moving your joints, you're going to develop and increase your synovial fluid within those um, joints. It's going to help create the bone density because you are using your own physical body weight mm -hmm. um, in a lot of those postures. So that's going to help increase. Um, and we can talk a little bit more how that um, helps people with osteoporosis even. Mm -hmm. um, it increases your blood flow. It helps your heart rate and blood pressure. I think there's a, a misnomer that um, yoga is not enough cardio. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different yoga classes, especially that now this influence of power yoga um, that is out there that actually is a much higher cardiac level for people who are practicing yoga. Um, even a sun salute, moving through sun salutations and the control of the breath will help raise um, your cardio as well. So, you know, it will help increase all of that. Mm -hmm. um, it regulates your adrenal glands and supports the lymphatic system. Um, I think a lot of people nowadays are hearing, um, and you probably hear a lot of people coming in that their adrenals are drained mm -hmm. um, or that they're constantly sick. Um, that their immune system is weakened, you know, and it's because of the stress that's happening and that we deal with our everyday life um, is draining us. And through yoga, through calming the mind, calming the system, breathing more, regulating the nervous system, we're going to help support that lymphatic system as well as, um, you know, support the adrenal glands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I oftentimes will recommend some, some yoga for patients going through detox programs. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's helpful for supporting lymphatic drainage and, um, you know, and anytime we can bring the body into more of a parasympathetic mode, that's going to also support detox pathways. So, Absolutely. Yeah, so that's great. Yeah. Um, it improves your focus. I mean, anybody who can stay in a posture for 10 breaths or even lay in a Shavasana, you know, that, that still corpse pose for five minutes, you're already focused you're creating that focus. So you find those people who are really fidgety, you know, during Shavasana and after mm -hmm. a few months, they can find themselves just laying there, you know, um, for five minutes, your focus is going to improve mm -hmm. immensely. Um, and then of course I'd mentioned supporting the nervous system. You know, we are a fast paced multitask society. Um, and by giving yourself, even if it's simply an hour of time to let all that go, and focus yeah. just on your breath and your movement, your nervous system will instantly calm down. But there's definitely types of yoga that can help support the nervous system even more, like restorative yoga. Um, we have a class that's just flow, which is a much, you know, kind of slower movement through posture to posture a lot. You know, it's not as intense as some of the other yoga classes that move into some higher variations um, of a posture. And those can be really supportive to the nervous system to just slow things down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I was um, getting a little flashback <laughs> to where <laughs> I uh, brought my dad with me to yoga class um, a few weeks back. He came to visit and I got to give him props. Dad, I'm giving you props. You had major guts to go into the <laughs> room with all these super fit, young women yogis, you know, I mean, you see the occasional, like you can see that there's an occasional newbie here and there. And there are some guys in the room, but my dad, I mean, he's like, you know, just business dude. And he's kind of, you know, bigger built guy comes in there and does yoga. And I just have so much respect for that. But yeah, it was hilarious. I'm going to, I'll spare the, the details, but basically just to like jump to it, my dad had uh, basically a nail, uh, one of his toenails that he had hit. <laughs> he rubbed it really, really hard. And it was just, waiting oh. and of course, of all the times that it could have come off, it happened to come off during class and he was, you know, kind of embarrassed. <laughs> it was just, it was the funniest thing, but, um, you know, you got to start somewhere, right? And it's like, absolutely. If, if he continues and does these classes, fast forward, he's going to be, he's going to be a pro in no time. <laughs> oh, for sure. And you know, I mean, the, the thing is, and that is one, a really great point that you're making is that it can be intimidating stepping into a space where, a large group of people know exactly what they're, or at least pretend that they know exactly what they're doing, right? right. They, they ha have been there for a little while. And it is, it's scary stepping into this space because it's like, oh, I don't really know what's going to happen to me. I don't really know what they're doing. Am I doing this right? I'm, you know, trying to look around and, and there's all these flexible people. But the bottom line is we've all, we all start somewhere, right? Everybody has a beginning. And I've always told myself whenever I step onto my yoga mat that I'm beginning again. Mm -hmm. Right. I never come to the mat. And again, this is that release of the ego. Right. I never come to my mat thinking I'm an expert in what I'm doing because I sure am not. There's 5000 years 
of this practice. I, you know, I've just barely tipped it. And um, so I always think to myself, I come onto my mat being a beginner because you never know what your body's going to be doing for the day. You never know if maybe you slept wrong and had a crick on your neck or, you know, maybe you stubbed your toe the day before. Um, and right. so your balance is going to be off. Um, every day your body is beginning again, right? You're waking up and you're beginning all over again. So every time I step on the mat, I tell myself I'm a beginner. I'm starting this practice, mm. you know, fresh with completely open ears and an open mind and an open body to allow it to do what it needs to do for the day. Yes. And also, like you said, the comparison piece, I mean, you can't compare your day one to someone else's year 10, right? Absolutely like not. Places. And nobody's born a yoga guru. Mm -hmm. we, all, we all are born not knowing how to talk or, you know, yeah. language. We all start from the same place. So we all learn and we, we are at different places. So that's important to not do that comparison. Absolutely. And, and it's just like what we had mentioned before, like we've all suffered injuries, different injuries through our lives, through the span of what we've been living, right? Like I've sprained my ankle back in high school, which is still to this day has trickle effects through my body. You know, right. like somebody else might have broken their rotator cuff at some point in time in their life and that's going to have a trickle effect through their body. So yeah, even no matter what age or how we begin, like there are aspects within our physical form that are going to change our practice and will never look like another person next to us. That's just, yeah. and why would you want to, right? That's the beauty of life. Exactly. We're all different. Yeah. You want to be your best, not comparing to, to what someone else is doing. What about any research looking at yoga? Anything that's real, uh, you know, yeah. in the research? Yeah. Let's jump into that. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's actually a lot of research going um, on right now. And um, I've been personally doing some, uh, quite a bit of research right now, just on yoga and osteoporosis. My, um, my boyfriend's mom has osteoporosis and um, I've been looking into this for her specifically to help support her because yeah. you know, she's got a lot of pain happening in her knees. And um, there is a great research going on right now um, by a wonderful doctor that's out there. And he has created um, a paper recently called the 12 minute daily yoga routine mm -hmm. um, to help reverse osteoporosis and bone loss. Um, it was actually covered by Harvard um, recently, and um, Dr. Lauren has a book and a DVD out, and there's even a center right now all focused on how um, yoga can help prevent, if not support, you know, your life with osteoporosis. Mm -hmm. And osteoporosis, the biggest thing about it is your bone density, right? When you go in for testing, they're going to test how dense is your bones. And one of the things that they say that helps bone density increase, of course, is, you know, weightlifting. You want to have bared down weight on your system because what happens is the muscle will then start to, as it works, it creates these little frictures between the muscle and the bone. And then the body begins to help heal um, between the muscle and the bone. And that's where bone density is, right? That's where it starts. So the more that the muscle and the bone connect, the denser that will become and the stronger your muscles and your bone become together. Mm -hmm. um, in yoga, because we aren't using weights, you know, physical weights for weight lifting, but we are using our own body weight, um, we are still getting that bone density increase. It's not going to be as extreme. So I'm, I mean, one of the things I always want to say is don't ever think that yoga can replace everything. It's not right. a cure-all. It's definitely not a replacement for um, weight-bearing you know, weight bearing exercises. If you're going to the gym, mm -hmm. um, it is not a cure all for, of course, cardio. Like you still want to have those things, but this is a complement into your life. Um, and so, by doing certain postures in yoga, which can create your own physical body weight as that weight bearing exercise, it is gentler on those who are suffering with osteoporosis to be able to get into those postures and hold them. And then from there, they can start to increase their bone density at a nice even calm rate will help nourish the body as opposed to maybe something that is almost too strenuous on what's happening. Mm, so, great. Um, while I encourage, and I, I'm a weightlifter myself, I encourage people to add in light weightlifting. Um, that might not be where they need at that point in their, where they are in their osteoporosis, right? Mm -hmm. So really great information coming out right now. Um, they are seeing that um, in a recent study that the average age of 68 um, this group of people that entered, 83 of them had lower than normal bone density. And when they came out of the study and they had their bone density scanned one more time, they actually showed a pretty significant increase in their density in their spine itself. 
Wow. So, um, and even in their hip bone density, um, there was an increase as well. Not as much as in their spine, but definitely there was an increase. Mm-hmm. So there's still more study going into it. Um, and there is even a whole certification program if you want to um, get certified in teaching yoga to those with osteoporosis. It's a really great program right now that's happening. Wow, great. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a specific program for yoga for osteoporosis. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, great. yeah I know. Pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the other thing I think that is really uh, a huge part of what people are looking at right now is how can yoga support those with anxiety and depression? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, we live in just a society right now that is nonstop on the go. We're influenced so much by what's happening in popular culture. Um, you find that there's people, I mean, I, this is even if we're talking about current dates, what's happening with, you know, the presidency and you're finding people who are suffering from anger and depression and what's happening coming out of this and anxiety about what's going to be happening with our future. You know, um, there's just a lot, we are inundated, you know, and, um, the increase of depression, anxiety has been extreme. Right. Um, so there has been again, studies right now on how can yoga, um, help reduce this and support those who do suffer from anxiety and depression. And um, recently there was a German study that was published in 2005. Um, They had 24 women who were described as emotionally distressed. Um, They took two 90 minute yoga classes um, a week for just three months. And at the end of those three months, um, those women reported improvements in their stress, depression, anxiety, um, even their energy, because they were, you know, when you're depressed, you feel fatigued, and overall well-being. I mean, their their scores improved by 50% um, just with the depression. They improved by 30% with anxiety. Um, you know, so just from those things, you're going to get an overall better well-being. Um, you know, and then the things that you find when you are suffering from those things, even the physical pain and, um, that comes with it, you do hear a lot. I mean, I even know myself, I've suffered from anxiety that you have, it takes a physical toll on your body and by, um, you know, helping to reduce that, you're going to get better sleep, which then can help relieve headaches that you might get during the day. Um, you know, the back pain that you get from just being, hunched over or not sleeping well, all of that will then begin to decrease. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've even implemented a lot of yoga practice for people who are suffering from PTSD. So at the Walter Reed Army Medical Center in Washington, D.C., they have a class just on yogic um, meditation and relaxation for veterans who are coming back. Um, you know, and one of the things even I, in what I'm hoping to do is bring yoga into some of our fire departments are in the area because a lot of those people they're working on 24-hour shifts they're dealing with extreme stressful situations and they don't have the support to to give them that release to come out of you know um, these extreme stressful situations so yeah you know it's something that can then be added in and even as I was you know mentioned before bringing yoga even into the schools to help relieve some of that anxiety from children Mm -hmm. you know give them those tools as they move forward well, it's my opinion that in the world we're in now, and especially with everything going on with politics, regardless of which, you know, which way you feel about how things went with the elections, it, it doesn't matter. The reality is, it's just the, the country is just more stressed now than it was. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I think it's just really vital to have some sort of mindfulness technique, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I, that's why I love yoga because it's mindfulness plus the body movement and putting the two together. So you get the physical benefits plus the mind benefits. And it's just, it's incredible. So I love it. And I love that, like you said, there's all this research supporting it too. That's always really amazing to, to see those, those listed as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot more that's coming out. Um, you know, I, in fact, I ran across an article just the other day that um, where doctors are now looking at yoga as therapy, as physical therapy for those who are recovering from injuries. Um, and it is becoming a prescribed, you know, solution. Um, wow. for some of these. Well, I sure prescribe it. I prescribe it all the time. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. You know, so, um, and again, it's one of those things I always like to tell, and I always want to reinforce it. Like yoga is not the solution for everything. Like sure. there is definitely, it is the complement to most everything that you can do for your body. Yes. Um, you know, and it is something that I would say everybody would benefit from. Yeah. Well, last question for you is, so sure. obviously not 
not everyone listening is local and has the luxury of taking the classes at Yoga 6, which I, I recommend if you guys are anywhere near a Yoga 6 that you take the classes there because it's the best yoga studio I've ever been to. Thank but you. If you are not close to one, how can people know, is this a, a good yoga studio? Is this one maybe I shouldn't really? I mean, what, sure. they're not all created equal. Yeah, and they definitely are. And again, like I always come down to wherever you are on your path, you know, will definitely make create a, a decision on what studio you're going to go in. I, I would say the number one thing is go into the studio and just see how you feel just even from the minute when you walk into the lobby. Is it a welcoming environment? Do you feel welcome and supported? Yeah. Um, or do you walk into the studio and feel like, mm, I already don't feel comfortable. I don't feel welcome. I feel like they're looking at me you know, it's kind of strange, right? Um, you know, so just from this minute you step in the door, you know, are you feeling welcome? And are you feeling comfortable? Yeah. Um, and if the teacher connects with you, I think that's another big thing. Um, we encourage and actually require our teachers to connect with our students prior to class to ask them if they have had any injuries, um, if they've ever practiced before, where they are on their journey of yoga, um, if they're okay with being touched. Um, because some people don't want to be touched and some people really need the physical right. touch. So getting hands-on adjustments, are you okay with that? Um, and then, of course, asking based on what the type of class they're going to be taking, if they're comfortable, whether it's either in heat or if they're um, comfortable um, in non-heat, you know, if there's any postures that might they may shy away from, like if they don't want to be inverted um, due to anything like, say, vertigo. So just asking this question, so making sure that the teacher then connects with you. So do you feel mm -hmm. welcome coming through the door, and does the teacher connect with you? Right. So um, yeah. And then the other thing I would look for is do they have support? Um, as I mentioned, we all have physical differences, you know, so do they have the support within the studio that you need? So props, blocks, bolsters, um, wall support, uh, those sort of things that I, that I always personally look for. In our studio, we even have what's called tatami mats. They're um, cushioned mats. So we don't have hardwood floors in our studio because we found that's actually more gentle on knees when people are kneeling in a lot of these postures. Mm -hmm. um, it also challenges your balances a little bit more. You know, when you've got an, a floor that's a little mushier beneath the feet. Yeah. Um, so it does give you that extra challenge and balance. Um, so I do look for those things. And of course, cleanliness. That's that's the number yeah. one thing for most of our students that come through the door that's so clean. You know, you, you're coming to an environment where, you're, one, you're barefoot, right. two, you're sweating, and three, you're being touched, right? So what's the cleanliness of, of the, situ you know, the studio yeah. itself? Right. Um, you know, so those are the things I would definitely look for. And then look and see what they offer, the yeah. classes that they offer. Um, we keep a very wide variety. We have six core class styles, everything from hot yoga to um, a deep stretch. You know, we have those things in between that we support people who are going on the path. So we've got that nice flow class, which is a little bit slower movements. It would definitely be considered great for people who are um, new on their journey of yoga, who are maybe recovering from injuries, um, and even people who are, you know, who've been practicing for years that are looking just to slow down. It's a mm -hmm. great class. Um, we offer a higher level vinyasa class. So for those who are longer on their practice and want to challenge themselves a little bit more, we offer even those. Um, so look at what their offering is. I guess what you can call their menu mm -hmm. of classes um, and see if they've got a wide enough variety that can help support you on your path. Yeah. Right? And so let's say the, someone listening, they're looking into yoga. There's no yoga studios near them. Let's say to live in the country or something. Mm -hmm. Are there any good online resources for ways to just do this at home? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my personal favorite is Yoga Glow. Um, they've got a great variety of classes um, on there. I actually have my own personal subscription and use it while I'm traveling. Um, they have everything from vinyasa, you know, really challenging vinyasa classes to even just a meditation to help you sleep. Um, I used to use that for a little while. Um, there's another really great app called the Cody app. Um, I just started playing with that. Um, there's everything from yoga classes to even fitness boot camp classes, all that kind of stuff. But there's some wonderful yoga teachers that are on that app Great. Um, as well. Gayam is another tried and true um, uh, website. It's also a company where you can purchase a lot of your yoga um, props and blocks and mats. Um, but they have an online tool that you can then um, travel with too. In fact, my teacher, Katie Brower, um, who I, she's my mentor and my teacher, she's got a few um, videos and DVDs on there as well that are, mm -hmm. are wonderful. So, you know, there is definitely, there's the opportunity on the go. 
um, that you can use and take with you. And um, lots of different books um, that I know a lot of people I have even here at home that can help walk you through. Yoga Journal, which is a fantastic um, yoga magazine. Um, they have even um, tutorials on different uh, sequences that you can go through, and I'll give you all the different variations. Um, another personal favorite of mine is uh, yogainternational.com. They even have some online um, classes that you can download, and they've got a lot of information on alignment, on support, on yoga history. Um, they have a wonderful podcast, too. Um, that's another one of my personal favorites that I, I turn to all the time. I love it. There's so much. Yeah. It's like yoga Christmas. There's so much. It, <laughs> it is. It's like an ongoing of just so many things that I can like. I can do stuff. <laughs> so much fun. Oh my goodness. Well, I am just so grateful for the time that you're spending with us and just giving us so much of your knowledge. This is something I haven't talked about on the show. It's been over five years of this podcast. We haven't really ever been looking at yoga a lot closer like that. So I, I just, I so appreciate the time, the expertise. Thank you so much for all of your knowledge and, um, and also just your not scary attitude about it. You know, like we've been talking about this can be something that's a whole new world for people. So thanks for being just so like, you know, approachable with, with your approach, I guess. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah, it's great. I, I so appreciate your time. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm, I'm happy to share it. I, I love sharing. Um, you know, just my practice and, and everything about yoga. All right, y'all, that's our show. Again, have an amazing Thanksgiving, giving you so much love. Big old cyber hug to all of you listening. And I hope you have an amazing time in the holidays. And again, if you're not with someone who you love during the holidays, go and spread the love and share it because the world definitely needs more of it right now. Big love, big hugs. Mwah. Talk to you guys next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.